podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The British swimmers had their best Olympics in 100 years in Rio in 2016. They doubled their medal target, winning six medals, one gold and five silvers. Despite the pandemic and lockdowns, international swimming has continued, with Britain's best flying off the blocks at the British trials and now ready for the Olympic Games. This is Anything But Footy, and we're back on track for Tokyo 2020 with a swimming special, including the greatest breaststroker ever. A fish, probably. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) We'll hear more from Adam Peaty shortly. I'm Michael. And I'm John, as 24 more British swimmers have been confirmed to compete for Team GB in Tokyo this summer, and there could still be more. We already knew Adam Peaty, Duncan Scott, James Wilby and Luke Greenback were on the plane, but the extra two dozen are also out to create a splash in the pool. Kathleen Dawson swam the eighth fastest 100-metre backstroke ever in the trials in London's Aquatic Centre. Molly Renshaw smashed the British 200-metre breaststroke record. Youngsters Freya Anderson, Abby Wood and Cassie Wilde will all be making their Olympic debuts. It still doesn't feel real to me yet. I feel like I need to be on the plane and then I'll be like, okay, I'm definitely going now. (laughs) I don't want to put too much pressure on myself because it is like, well, it's the biggest thing I've done so far. So I think I'm just going to aim to swim my fastest and then I know that'll be the best I can do. I would love to make the final. Um, But I know just if I swim my best and if if that is me missing the final, but I've done my best then... I know that was like nothing more that I could have done. And then hopefully by 2024, I'll be in a better position. And then I would definitely think about finals. I would love to be on the relays. I feel like they're, they're quite strong this year. And yeah, even if it was just the heat, I feel like it would just be a really good experience to have that. Also making her debut, 30-year-old Alice Thomas from Wales, while Amy Wilmot goes for her third games in the 400-metre individual medley. World champion James Guy, Ben Proud and Tom Dean, along with brothers Max and Joe Litchfield, are among the team of 28 so far. Adam Peaty told me he can't wait to get going. I'm obviously going there to beat my own record, um, which in turn should win it, and in turn should make history. Um, so, you know, for me, it's uh, the mindset thing is it's not what I do on the day in Tokyo. It's what I do. It's what I've been doing for the last five years since Rio. Um, and as a collective... Hopefully that will give me the, the performance and the thing I need and want and have trained for the last, as I said, the last five years. Do you feel safe going to these games or do you feel that you need in a way to make your own personal risk assessment as you do any day of the week? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not really too fussed about going to the games because in, in terms of a COVID sense, because you've just got as much risk going down the street or going to a supermarket, haven't you? Um, so it's, uh, it's for me, you know, it's exactly like the preparation before Rio. Everyone was, you know, really scared about Zika and what it could do in a performance sense. But as soon as the performance starts, as you know, the media care about the performance and the gold medals and all that other stuff will hopefully be silenced. So I'm not, in terms of, in terms of COVID, I've, I'm, I've just got as much risk here than I have in Tokyo, hopefully. And uh, hopefully the organising, who people will organise it and people will do their due diligence diligence that they've been doing for hopefully the past year but it's autonomous that you should be washing your hands and you should be wearing a mask and you should be socially distanced it literally doesn't require too many brain cells to know that right so and your finals are going to be in the morning in Tokyo does that affect you in any way in your preparation I mean yeah I mean it's obviously not at night so it's a little bit different but we've got a saying we perform anywhere anytime um so give me a lane and I'll perform um and that's the mindset that 
it doesn't matter what's in our way, we'll still get to that performance. And, you know, I'm going to keep to that. I'm going to hold that. And it doesn't matter, you know, if it's in Tokyo or it's in Loughborough, like I am now, we're going to, you know, get that performance. But yeah, of course they have a, you know, a little bit of an effect, but you look at Rio again, it's that running. We were racing at 1am, 2am in Rio and people were like, oh, is that going to affect it? And if not, I swam faster. Uh, but, you know, sport is sport, isn't it? <laughs> I met your mum and dad in Rio. They won't be able to go to Tokyo and neither as you are now, a family man, a dad. So how are you planning on taking your son there when you're not able to take him there physically? I have a little memento in my pocket or in my trouser pocket that I'll keep just because, you know, if he looks it when he's old enough to understand what's going on, that, you know, he can have something next to him and goes, oh, that was in that video or that was in that moment. No, it, then it's just as powerful that he's got that thing that I've carried, you know, to the final or carried through the Olympics. And uh, it, I guess that's the, a different way of, uh, you know, him being there. For an outsider like myself, the Olympics looks, feels pressured. Is it pressured or, or are you having fun? I'm having fun. It's, you know, it's, I'm at a very blessed position that I get to do what I do and, you know, get up to, you know, literally train every single day and race in the Olympic Games. I think people would die for that. Uh, but I know what you mean. I can see it. And I can see it on social media that the Olympics shouldn't go ahead, that it costs too much money and you got all this negative stuff. But I'm like, you know, if it wasn't for the Olympics, how many people would not be inspired by what the Olympics do to people? The Olympic sport is so powerful because it inspires people to do better. And if we lose that, then we lose pretty much humanity. Well, we're meant to be competitive. Competition is the bread of life, um, you know, and, you know, if we push each other, we're, you know, as a, as a human race, then we can, you know, hopefully, you know, have that positive mindset and push each other to, to, to do better. A couple of questions on a couple of other issues. Rule 50, there's been some chatter about protests on the podium. Should sport, in your opinion, be political? I think, no, there's a, there's a very fine margin, right, that, you know, sport and politics should never mix. Uh, I'm a firm believer that, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, you, you know, you've got a lane and you've got an opportunity and you've got a competition and, you know, you race each other and shake each other's hands after. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm not really one of those people anyway to, you know, oh, you're from there or whatever. And it's just, yeah, it's just pathetic, really. But I think under the, the Rule 50 that they're basically not allowing protests, I think it's very it's very complicated because it's a complicated question, firstly, but it's a very complicated answer because what I believe in isn't going to be what someone halfway around the world believes in because he's had a very different upbringing to me and vice versa. And, you know, he's a very different experiences. Is his country corrupt? Uh, is his governing body corrupt? Um, or is there other issues such as racism, sexism, um, all these other issues, which is widespread throughout you know the world you know and you're taking away that opportunity for them to have a voice and i think that's where it's important that you draw the line but never ever say that you can't protest because you know, you're taking away pretty much the only voice that those people have and they're representing potentially a huge amount of people uh, so if they think something's wrong and wrong enough to for them to overshadow themselves at olympics for this cause you know you can't take that away uh, and if they really care too, you know, a lot about it, they'll do it anyway. So only, so they think you have got to, you know, be careful that you don't want to overshadow the other athletes. Say if you know someone protests and they got gold medal, that's going to get all the attention. But those people who got a silver 
silver and bronze are not going to get anything um, or fourth, fifth and sixth because this has overshadowed the whole performance. So Olympic Games should be about the performance and about the medals and about the winning and the celebration of, you know, getting to a final. It shouldn't be about a protest, but you've still got to respect the rights that people are going through some hard times, especially with COVID. And there's a lot of corruption um, throughout the world and a lot of issues to be dealt. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we really want to obviously hear those voices and make sure that, you know, we can do something about it. And do you feel a responsibility then to your sport and those that are going to tread the path to the pool after you? I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, as a athlete at the top of the game, I'd like to say, I think, um, I think, yeah, of course you have, you know, a certain path or a certain kind of right to almost have a voice. But for me, I'd only say something if something's really, really wrong. Um, I'm all about performance. I never really get distracted about, you know, saying something if I didn't really believe it and I wasn't fully backing it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, there is a lot of issues on my mind, but I've never, pro- I'd probably taken down a different avenue to discuss them instead of doing that, unless it was you know, by the Olympics, it got, you know, a whole ton worse. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, you do have a voice. Uh, everyone has a voice now because it's social media. Um, but hey, ho, that's the way the world is now. Last one then, Adam. Alex Ferguson is the boss. Muhammad Ali was the greatest. Usain Bolt was the legend. What is Adam Peaty? A fish, probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I guess, for me to retire or die, and that's my legacy, I guess, and people will think about that. I don't really think you can call yourself anything. So we'll see. Hopefully someone that has a laugh and just goes and races, <laughs> if there's a word for that. I don't know. Tokyo is currently going through another state of emergency, prompting some fears about the future of the Games this summer. We spoke to the man whose job it is, is to look after all of Team GB athletes. Chef de Mission, Mark England. The state of emergency, which, you know, as we all know, is, um, you know, akin to our uh, lockdowns, the, the kind of short, sharp, snap state of emergency that, that, that's been announced is really important because it, it again adds weight to, um, uh, to uh, the Japanese government uh, making every um, stride not only to safeguard the local population um, in, in Japan and, and, and to prevent further increases in, in, in the outbreak, but in our context to safeguard the, the, the games going ahead. So, um, you know, I've got more confidence by the day um, that the games will, will, be, um, will, will be happening. And, um, you know, we look forward to, to supporting whatever restrictions are, are put in place. And whilst the bulk of the team is now confirmed, more swimmers may be added in June after the European Championships. While Team GB continues to grow, with 70 confirmed athletes now back on track for Tokyo 2020 in 2021. Sports Social Podcast Network.